Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and this is a little bit late, uh, we'll say that, but this is the official seven-year anniversary show for the Derek Diamond Experience. I know we just recently celebrated the 300th episode, but it was on March 17th of 2014 that I released the first episode of the show actually interviewed uh, two good friends of mine, uh, Adam and Ian Waldron from the Unicorn Wranglers, uh, back at Blue Wahoo Stadium uh, in the room that's actually next to my office. And have a little trivia note, have actually done some of my bigger interviews in, uh, in, that, uh, in that room. But uh, sorry for the lateness of this show. I was going to try and do this last week. And it was just a very, very busy work week. You know, for those who might be new to the show, uh, I work for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, a minor league baseball team we have here in town. And we're just over a month away from the start of our season after being off for two years. We didn't play uh, due to COVID-19 in 2020. So we've been doing a lot of revamping and reinventing to get ready for the season, which starts on May 11th. Carlos Longoria is watching. What's going on, sir? So I wanted to kind of lay the groundwork for this special show. And I, I did this last year and had a lot of fun doing it, but this is what we're calling Ask Derek Anything. And usually the show is film and TV centric, but if you have other questions that you want to ask me, feel free to throw those in the chat and I will answer them. I've got a few news stories that I'm going to talk about, but if you guys have some things you want me to talk about, I will obviously deviate from what I have planned and we'll ask or we'll answer your guys' questions. So hopefully you guys uh, are doing well this evening. It's Tuesday night as I'm recording this, and crazy to think we're already at the end of March. Tomorrow is going to be the last day of March. It seems like yesterday that we were celebrating New Year's Eve. I know with 2020, part of it seemed like it took forever, and then to me the second half of it just flew by. So it, it's it was a crazy year at Things are, things are looking up for 2021. But uh, one thing I did want to talk about before we really get into any of the other news stories, and I wanted to talk about this last week, but that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Had a lot of hype leading up to its release on HBO Max, and I'll admit I was one that was very skeptical of it because I've been... A little critical of the DC Cinematic Universe. There are things that I like about it. I actually like Man of Steel, even though it has its flaws, but I still very much enjoyed the movie. Batman vs. Superman has its moments. Justice League was... The, I'm talking about the theatrical version of Justice League, of course, but it, it was just not good. It was... To call it a train wreck would be putting it mildly, but you can tell that they completely scrapped what Snyder was going to do and went with something almost completely different. And that's very evident in Zack Snyder's Justice League. First of all, the film is four hours long, but I felt like it needed to be four hours long because it told a complete story. And uh, well, I'll get to your question in a second, Carlos. That's actually really funny. Um, it needed the four hours to tell its story. And it's very different than what uh, Joss Whedon put out with his version of Justice League. There are 
moments that are shared between the two, like Superman fighting the Justice League after he's resurrected. But other than that, it, it feels like a very different movie. And Carlos says, I like Snyder Cut a lot more than the theatrical release. I had to watch it in segments, or I should say, Samantha, my fiance and I, we watched it in two segments. We watched the first half of it that Friday after it came out, and then we watched the second half of it on Saturday morning. And after doing that, it felt like we watched two movies in one, but you can break it up. The cool thing about the movie is that it's broken up into chapters. So you have, you know, part one that takes like, say, 20 minutes or so. Then we go to part two that takes 20 to 25 minutes. So it's a nice way to break up the four hour runtime. And I know that now the you know hashtag restore the Snyderverse movement is going on and it's been affecting reviews of Godzilla versus Kong, which is coming out this week. I think that's a little much and it really goes into toxic fandom, which I really don't like. You know, I, I get being passionate about things that you enjoy. I'm passionate about Star Wars. I'm passionate about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I'm not going to rip something else. Like, yeah, do I like DC's film properties? Most of their recent stuff, not really. But I'm not going to go online and openly bash it and then rip other movies or try to sabotage other movies because I want Zack Snyder's vision to be restored. Would it be cool for it to happen? Yeah. Because I felt like Justice League, or Zack Snyder's Justice League, ended on a note that actually made me interested in seeing what happens next. Do I think we'll get it? Probably not. But I, if I'm Zack Snyder, I feel so much gratitude for the fans coming out with the hashtag release the Snyder Cut movement and essentially dictating to Warner Brothers, hey, we want to see this happen. So much that he was able to actually go back and do reshoots. And I remember it originally saying that, you know, yeah, that the actors would do like ADR or they'd do some special effects, but nothing as far as reshoots go. And I'm curious, and I'm sure there's videos online or there's articles online that I just haven't looked at yet that explain the differences of, you know, the Snyder cut and the Whedon cut and what was shot to add to the Snyder cut. That being said, I love the characters in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I know Zack Snyder has been given a lot of flack for not understanding the characters. But I felt like in this movie he did. I really enjoyed all members of the Justice League and I felt like they were all important. I loved seeing Cyborg's backstory and how big of a role he played. I loved seeing the interactions with Barry Allen and his dad. And how Barry Allen, you know, was excited to be on the team because he didn't have any friends. And I love the comic relief that he brought. And, you know, I, I love Grant Gustin in the CW version of The Flash. But I felt like Ezra Miller made that role his own. And I was okay with him playing, playing Barry Allen. And I'm curious to see what happens with The Flash movie. I mean, I know it's pretty much confirmed that Michael Keaton's going to return as Batman from the Tim Burton 1989 universe. But I, I liked it. What else can I say? I, I really, really liked it. Uh, let's see. Bill says, nah, let it die. We didn't appreciate Batfleck when we had him. Don't deserve it. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed Ben Affleck as Batman in this movie. I like him as Batman in general. You know, like the Whedon Justice League and the flaws of Batman versus Superman 
those were not Ben Affleck's fault. You know, I even go back to Superman Returns and people knocked that movie and rightfully so, but it's not Brandon Routh's fault. You know, he was actually played a good Superman. I just felt like he was put in a bad position because they tried to make it a semi-sequel to the Donner movies, which I thought was was a huge mistake. Carlos asked, and I love this question, how long does it take you to do your hair? So it depends. And I'm I'm going to sound really funny when I say this, but it depends on if my hair cooperates or not. Because what you have to do, so I have to dry it with a towel until it's damp. Not completely dry, but damp. Then I get the blow dryer, you know, spray it on the front of my hair, and then I'll, I get some little um, styling paste, rub it in my hands, kind of run it through my hair, and then I brush the rest of it. Normally it takes like five minutes, if that. Uh, Funden says, thank God you're engaged. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say that as well, Funden. Thank you for watching. Uh, Carlos says, yeah, he took snack breaks and potty breaks for the Snyder Cut. Yeah, I would... I, I, I did pretty much the same thing. You know, we, we did some a couple of snack breaks too. Carlos says, only part I didn't care for about The Flash was his rambling at the end during the time travel. Seemed a little forced to me. <laughs> Bill says, poof. Fun man, that's the superhero movie we need. An Eric Funden movie would be amazing. I'm not going to lie. I I would actually really like to see that happen. But yeah, I, I very much enjoyed the Snyder Cut. I don't know if I'll watch it again as far as from start to finish, but I, I'd watch parts of it again. Yeah, I there wasn't really anything. Well, I'll say this. There, there were two things that I did not like about the movie. One, some of the CG looked really bad. I can't remember his name, but Darkseid's henchman that would, you know, his apparatus would come out of that metal tower thingy and talk with Steppenwolf. And then when he would dissolve back into it, that looked really bad. And to me, that there was no excuse as to why it looked that bad. But the second thing, and I might get flack for this because I know he has his fans but after seeing his appearance at the end of the movie, you got to move on from Jared Leto as the Joker. It, to me, it was like he was doing a poor man's imitation of the Heath Ledger Joker. And from the very moment that you heard his laugh, I was like, nope, not a fan. I did not like it at all. Like If you were to make a list of Jokers he would be at the bottom of it. Like it, it was just, it, to me, it was unnecessary. It took me out of the movie. And Carlos, granny goodness, didn't have any lines. No, she did not. She did not. But go watch it. It's worth doing, you know, a trial of HBO Max. It's really worth getting HBO Max because it's one of my favorite streaming platforms that's out there. When it comes to their movie selection from the DC movies, uh, really all Warner Brothers properties, they have a lot of classic films like Casablanca and the Maltese Falcon. They have a Looney Tunes selection. They've got, you know, some decent shows too. It's definitely up there, you know, and, and we've been really living by the streaming platforms for a while. We're, you know, doing a trial of Paramount Plus and that's got a lot of good stuff on it. It's movie selection is okay, but the show selection is 
really cool, especially if you're a 90s kid, because they have most of the classic Nickelodeon cartoons like Rockers Modern Life, Doug, All Real Monsters. They have all that, Keenan and Kel. They have the old Sonic cartoons. They have the old Mario Brothers cartoons. They have I Love Lucy, uh, Taxi, a lot of, you know, those classic Nick at Night shows and shows that came on, you know, back in the 50s, 60s and 70s. Carlos says, I bought HBO Max just to watch this movie. Man, the price of going to the theater. I, I, I'm a fan of HBO Max. And I, I think once 2021 ends, I think this experiment that Warner Brothers is doing where they're releasing movies on HBO Max at the same time as theaters, I think are, that's going to go away when theaters fully open back up. Now, there are some movies that I would prefer to see in a theater, like Godzilla versus Kong. That's a movie theater film. With Mortal Kombat, I can kind of go either way. Like, I wouldn't mind just staying at home and watching on HBO Max, but if I go to a theater and watch it, I think that'd be pretty cool too. But um, yeah, go watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League. So much better than the Whedon version. And when it comes to the DC Cinematic Universe, it's... It's up there as far as my favorites. If you're counting, say, from Man of Steel to now, I would still put Wonder Woman as my favorite. But Zack Snyder's Justice League is is pretty up there, in my opinion. And again, you know, thank you guys so much for for uh, joining me here on Facebook Live. If you have any other questions that you want to ask, feel free to throw them in the chat and I will answer them. I'll probably go until about uh, 645 or so, do a nice, you know, 40, 45 minute show. I apologize for the little bit of a late start. Took me a little bit longer than I thought to set everything up. But uh, some other things that I wanted to talk about, kind of switching over to the Marvel side of things. And this broke exactly a week ago today. And I was going to save this, but I really wanted to talk about it because it's been teased for quite a while, but this is from the Hollywood reporter black widow to hit Disney plus premier access and theaters simultaneously. And this is a year after Marvel and Disney have been saying, no, we're absolutely adamant. This movie will be released in theaters, but it's been delayed, you know, because it was supposed to come out in May of last year. And then it was pushed back to, I think, like October. It might have been towards the end of the summer. And then it was pushed back to May of this year. And it has been delayed again, which I think will be the final time. But it says here, in its biggest pandemic-related streaming move yet, Disney has opted to make Marvel Studios' Black Widow available on Disney Plus Premier Access at the same time it hits theaters. Ditto for Cruella, another big-budget tentpole. Black Widow is now slated for July 9th, moving back from its previous May 7th date. It will be available to Disney Plus subscribers for an additional $30, which they've also done for Mulan and Raya and the Last Dragon. My thing with that is, if you're going to pay $30, you might as well go to a theater and watch it, because you're going to spend that same amount on a ticket, a bucket of popcorn, and a drink. So if you're like, if it were free on Disney plus, it would be one thing, but if you're going to pay an extra 30 bucks, if you're someone, you know, like me, who's in a relationship, but it's just the two of us, will we spend a little bit more than that? 
Possibly, but we also have AMC A-list subscriptions, so we wouldn't be paying for tickets. But say, for example, if you're, you know, a husband, wife, and you have two kids, yeah, you would probably save money watching it at home. You could get some popcorn from the store, you can get some candy, and you can make it a family night in and watch Black Widow. Or if you're, you know, say, me, who's just in a relationship, yeah, we'll probably go to the theater to watch it if I had to guess. Because why would I spend 30 extra dollars to something that I'm already subscribing to every month when I can go to the theater down the road and I can use my AMC A-list to get the ticket for free, essentially. So it depends on what situation you're in, but I'm not surprised by this. I'm surprised that it took this long. Um, and I'm not surprised it was delayed again because I, I think when July hits, things will be better when it comes to more people being vaccinated, more people will be able to go to a theater because theaters here are still doing limited capacity. I think it'll be a little more relaxed by that point. You know, we're, we're four months away. And I know that, you know, our, Joe Biden wants, you know, everyone to be able to get vaccines before May 1st. And here in Florida, you'll be able to get it, you know, in like in a week. So I, I think things will be much better by July personally. At least I hope so. And let's see. Uh, Bill, are you down to re repay the awesome audio work on Parker syndrome? Sure. Yeah. Just uh, shoot me a message and we'll, uh, and we'll chat about it. Uh, let's see. I, I hate this new Facebook live thing where I can't scroll up and see your guys' questions. Uh, Bill, I was just talking about this release. I'm over it. She's dead. I know how it ends. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, the $30 is for just watching that movie. Like you still have to pay your normal, you know, whatever Disney plus is right now, but you have to pay an extra $30 if you want to watch Black Widow. Yeah, he says I can't justify paying thirty more thirty dollars more money for one movie, and then Bill, yeah, the thirty they are charging is stupid. Who's paying thirty bucks when all you got to do is wait? Yeah, I mean that's that's true. Uh, Carlos also says, yeah, I'll just wait. I'm glad I didn't spend my heart on money on Mulan. I was disappointed, not disappointed, underwhelmed. I've heard that about the new Mulan. I still haven't watched it yet, but. I'll check it out eventually, but I'm not like, I'm not dying to see it. If that makes any sense. Just because my issue with it. And this is again, from what I've heard, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, they wanted to make the story more serious, but Mulan still has an animal companion. Cause like a Phoenix shows up or something. You can still have Mushu in the movie. You can just make him less comical. I don't understand why they had to completely get rid of that character because he was arguably the most popular character in that whole movie. So I don't understand why you would just why you would just get rid of him. But I, I've heard much more negative about that movie than I have positive. But I'm going to try and pull up this video feed here so I can, cause I know I missed, I think I missed a question that somebody asked cause it's, I, I don't understand why it does that. 
let's see. Um, pull up the video here. Come on. Again, we are live, people. And I'm not going to edit this out, by the way. Mute that so I'm not playing myself. Oh, Funden is working title for his movie. I was really effed up and dot, dot, dot. Love it. The Eric Funden story. I'm telling you, I would love to see that happen. He's got so many interesting stories. It's great. Uh, yeah, Carlos says, I didn't like the Phoenix. It was there, but it did nothing. And Bill says, no Eddie Murphy laugh, no movie. Totally agree. Totally agree. Let's move on to some Star Wars news. I have been excited about this since they announced it. I was excited when they announced that this was originally going to be a movie. And that is they announced the full cast for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which actually starts shooting next month and will be released, I'm assuming, in 2022. Obi-Wan has been, since I was a kid, my favorite Star Wars character, him and R2-D2. Even going back to Alec Guinness version of Obi-Wan, I loved the old wizard mentor character. I love that he... He was able to stay, like he was able to retain his consciousness by being a force ghost and was still there for Luke when he needed him. And obviously when the prequels came out, I was excited that he was going to play more of a role. And Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Obi-Wan was to me the best acting of the entire prequels. Now some would argue that's not saying much, but still. He was the highlight of the whole prequels to me. And I'm glad that they've been taking their time with this. And am I anticipating it? Yes. Do I want to watch it now? Yes. But the difference between this and the Mandalorian, when the Mandalorian came out, no one really knew what to expect because it was a new character. Really entire cast of new characters that we had never seen before. So the expectations weren't there. You go in with a clean slate and you don't, you know, you don't have too much to worry about. I mean, you're hoping that it goes well, but that was where the sequel trilogy, I think, failed to meet expectations. And I don't want to get into fan theories and, you know, the toxic fandom of Star Wars fans throughout the release of those recent movies. But the fact that they made a trilogy that was set after the originals with the beloved characters like Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, R2, 3PO, expectations are going to be through the roof, almost to the point where you can't live up to them. And that's what's going to happen with Obi-Wan, is that's been such a, my favorite period of Star Wars that still has yet to be fully explored is that period between episode three and episode four. When the Empire is risen to power, the last of the Jedi are on the run. You know, Palpatine is really, you know, he's casting his will over the galaxy. And Obi-Wan and Yoda are in hiding, waiting for Luke to become of age so they can train him to possibly overthrow the Empire. What Obi-Wan has been doing has been the subject of so many novels, comic books, when they announced the movie, I was obviously really stoked because, especially with them bring bringing you and McGregor back. 
but the expectations for this are going to be astronomical. But I'm confident that they will be able to live up to it. Uh, Bill, I'm all in for Sad Vader, and Carlos says, Bad Batch trailer is out today. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I really need to, to watch that trailer. But the, yeah, the new Bad Batch series comes out on, uh, on May 4th, which is a sacred day, by the way, Star Wars Day. But uh, yeah, so this is from uh, comicbookmovie.com. They announced that uh, they announced the full cast of um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. One of the, the most notable thing is, and this was already confirmed, but Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader. They specifically said Darth Vader, and it was pretty much confirmed that the two of them will fight again at some point during this series. Now, I don't expect it to be a full series like The Mandalorian. If we get six episodes, I think that's going to be the max. I would not be shocked at all if it's four. But if that's the case, then each episode needs to be at least an hour. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe it can be like the Sherlock series on BBC, where it might be four episodes, but each one is an hour, 15, hour, and 20. So each one is like a movie in a way, but I'm very curious to see what the storyline is. I mean, there's so many cool avenues that they can go through with this. You know, you can do something involving the huts because we've seen glimpses of, you know, the gang scene in Tatooine, but it hasn't been fully explored yet. You can have cameos by, you know, Boba Fett. You can have cameos by, you know, IG-88, Bosk, Dengar, because this takes place 10 years after, Revenge of the Sith. So Boba Fett, I'm not sure how old he would be by that point. And he might be in his early to mid twenties by that point. So, I mean, you, you might be able to do a little something with Boba Fett, but you can go on you know, the Star Wars Twitter. You can go really most anywhere and, and see the, the cast list. I'm not too familiar with most of them, but they are bringing back uh, Joel Edgerton, who played Owen Lars in the prequel trilogy, which I think is essential because you see in the original movie that Owen Lars is not a fan of Obi-Wan. So you have to set up why does he dislike Obi-Wan so much? There's a lot they could do with it. Uh, Bill says, you just got to accept Last Jedi is bad. Anyone excited for Obi-Wan? Look up The Last of the Jedi series by Jude Watson. I'll need to look that up. I, I've seen a little bit of you know, them exploring in, in the extended universe of what Obi-Wan was up to at that point in time. But I'm really excited for this series. It, it can't get here soon enough. I think 2022, because we're, I mean, we're going to get the book of Boba Fett, but that's not going to be until the end of the year. We'll get presumably Obi-Wan in 2022. We'll get season three of Mando in 2022. So... We'll, we'll get some really good Star Wars content uh, next year. I mean, it's going to be a long wait, but I think it will be, I think it'll be very much worth it, in my opinion. But let's see. Uh, if you guys have any, again, if you guys have any questions that you want to throw in there, um, doesn't have to be film related. I know usually the uh, show is film centric, but I tend to break the rules when it comes to, um, when it comes to these uh, AMAs. Oh, Carlos asks, since we're talking movies, what movie are you most excited about slash waiting for this year? 
let me pull up a list of movies that are coming out in 2021. I can tell you one that I'm excited for right off the bat, and that is what's coming out as I'm recording this tomorrow, Godzilla vs. Kong. And I know that it's getting, I don't want to say destroyed, but kind words are not being said about it by critics. Sorry, I'm choking on my own spit. But the thing that people have to realize, people by people I mean critics, what critics have to realize is that this is not Citizen Kane. This is not Gone with the Wind. Just let, let us all have a giant lizard and a giant ape beating the crap out of each other all over the world. That's all we need. I understand that you have to have the human element. You have to have a human storyline that's in it. But what people are going for is to watch two iconic movie monsters that have been around for almost a hundred years beat the crap out of each other. I think it looks fun and I'm not reading any of the reviews. I'm going in with an open mind. I'm going to expect a fun popcorn, fun action movie. I guess popcorn flick would be uh, the correct term for it. But uh, let's see. Yeah, that that's the one that, off the top of my head, I'm I'm really excited about. But let's see here. Uh, full movie release dates. I mean, Black Widow. I'm looking forward to. Am I like, dying to see it? No, but it could offer some some cool uh, little nuggets to the MCU. Let's see. Godzilla vs Kong is this week. Uh, Mortal Kombat, which comes out April 16th. I'm looking forward to that because I love the video game. I think the original Mortal Kombat movie, not the abomination that is Annihilation. Try and say that five times fast. But this new Mortal Kombat, I think, looks fun. It looks like a Mortal Kombat movie should. I, I'm really looking forward to that. I, uh, Cruella, I think, could be interesting. I think Emma Stone is a good choice to play Cruella. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, F9, I believe, is still coming out this year. I know that was delayed like a full year instantly. So I, I those movies are, are fun, but that's towards the bottom of my um, of my most anticipated. Uh, here's one. My most anticipated movie of the summer, Top Gun Maverick. The original Top Gun is a not-so-guilty-pleasure movie of mine. It's one of my ten favorite movies of all time. And the way that movie was shot looks absolutely sick. And I cannot wait to see it. The Top Gun, to me, is one of the perfect summer films. And the fact that it's coming out Fourth of July weekend, you can't get much better than that. I, I know a little bit about what the story is about, but... To be honest, like it, it doesn't matter to me because I'm going to go watch it because I think it's going to be a really cool movie. Uh, Carlos says, I haven't watched Skull Island yet. You need to. Skull Island is a good movie. Uh, Jim Hammond is watching. Good evening, Jim. Thank you for checking the show out. Uh, Bill, where is Top Gun? We don't have too much longer to wait. It'll, it'll be here before you know it. Uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy with LeBron James could be interesting. I... Don't expect it to be like, I'm not going to like it as much as the original Space Jam because you know, the original Space Jam, I was a kid when that came out, like that movie was made for me. This movie to me is made for the kids of 
today's generation and a little bit with those who grew up with the original, but I'm, I'm curious as to how that turns out as well. Uh, Jungle Cruise with Dwayne Johnson, AKA the rock and Emily Blunt. I think that could be really fun because that's one of my guilty pleasure rides at Disney. The suicide squad looks really fun. I think it looks, I didn't completely hate the, original Suicide Squad, but it wasn't my favorite. But I, this new movie looks like it's a lot of fun. And then, let's see, we move into the fall. Oh, No Time to Die is another one. I know I'm naming off a ton of movies, but I mean, all these movies I am looking forward to. Uh, no Time to Die is finally going to come out after seemingly being delayed for 10 years. Halloween Kills, excited to see that. I liked the 2018 version that came out bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis. But I, oh yeah, I can't forget this, Ghostbusters Afterlife coming out in November finally after that's another one that's been delayed for quite a while because of COVID. But if if I have to pick two, I'll, I'll give you two. If it still comes out in 2021, I will say Spider-Man No Way Home. I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I think the first two movies starring him were great. What they could potentially do with bringing in you know, the multiverse and essentially doing a live action Spider-Verse. I feel like if they bring in Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, which is is going to happen, if they bring in Jamie Lee Foxx's Electro, how can you not bring back Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire? And that will be such a geek out moment for me because one of my one of my most vivid movie theater memories is going to see the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man on opening day. My uncle came from, from pace to my high school to pick me up and we drove all the way to Pensacola at the old rave motion pictures on W street. When it was the rave, it had just opened and the theater was packed, but we found two seats in the top right corner of the room. And I was just, I was sucked in because I felt like, the comic book and the cartoon had come to life. And it's still to this day, one of my favorite movie theater moments uh, in, in my lifetime. So that, that would be one. And then the other, I mean, it's really tough because there are some good movies coming out. Ghostbusters afterlife. I'm really looking forward to, but if I had to pick another one, I would probably say top gun because I love the movie as a kid. I still love it to this day. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I cannot wait to watch Top Gun Maverick in IMAX. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. Uh, let's see. Oh, I actually love this question. Uh, Jim Hammond asks, how are you feeling as an engaged man? We are so happy for you. And he says, I have a friend whose daughter is in Jungle Cruise. That's awesome. Um, I love it. I love being engaged. It's funny because you never know how life is going to work out because this time last year, I wasn't seeing anyone and I wasn't really looking to. And then Samantha reentered my life in May. We started dating in June and now we're set to get married next year and I couldn't be happier. It's like that saying, you know, you found the one because you just know. And I know that I've found the one and I'm extremely happy. I look forward to, you know, coming home from work every day, 
to see her in our chocolate lab. I look forward to the little moments like sitting on the couch and watching TV. Even the, you know, other moments like going out to dinner, going to watch a movie, even going grocery shopping. Little moments like that, you know, I I look forward to. So I'm I'm very happy to to be engaged and I can't wait for us to get married. It's it's going to be great. I I'm I'm really excited. Uh Carlos says he likes the 2018 Halloween. Yeah, I I thought it was better honestly than most of the sequels that came out. And he hopes Afterlife is decent. I've got good expectations for it. I I feel like the original cast wouldn't be coming back if it wasn't worth it. So I I'm I'm excited for it. And he says live action Spider-Verse will be great and is No Way Home or Bill asks is No Way Home a Secret Wars setup? It very well could be. I know the Russo brothers said they wanted to adapt Secret Wars. So that could be the next big, you know, like Avengers team up. It could be, we could be getting Avengers Secret Wars. I, I mean, I think that's a great direction to go in. You know, and I will say this. I was very skeptical of what was going to happen with the Marvel Cinematic Universe after Endgame. Because how do you top it? It was a 11 year at that time, 11 year event that built up to this, this movie that was just, it was more than just going to a movie. It was an event that you had to experience. And how do you top that? You know, and we've talked on, on this show on nerd cave retro and other shows I've done, you know, can Marvel, I mean, we talk about, can DC do what Marvel's done? Can Marvel do what Marvel's done again? How do you repeat that? But after watching WandaVision and what I've seen of Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'm actually very excited for the future of the MCU because we'll have, and it's going to take a while, but we're going to have the X-Men come in. We're going to have the Fantastic Four come in. And I know a lot of people were upset that the X-Men didn't come of WandaVision. We didn't see Reed Richards. But that's okay. Just because it didn't happen now doesn't mean it's not going to happen later. So I just think you have to be patient with how things went. Uh, oh, Jim says, keep up the great work. See you at the ballpark. And I loved WandaVision. Thanks for dropping in, Jim. Love the love the question. But uh, yeah, Jim, Jim's great. He and I go way back. But um, that's going to about do it for the topics. We've been going about... Uh, 40 minutes or so, and it's right around 6.45. Again, I apologize for the uh, the late start, but took a little bit longer than I thought to get everything set up. But this was a lot of fun, and I, I apologize again for uh, this being a week late, but it's been a really good seven years of, of podcasting and can't wait to keep doing it. Next thing you know, it's going to be the 10-year mark, and then I'm really going to feel old. But I, I'm I'm excited for 2021. You know, we've hit 300 episodes, uh, hit seven years. We've got Pensacon coming up. Hope to get some good content out of that and leading up to it. Um, crazy thing is, and as far as a, a personal milestone is, I'll be turning 35 this year, which, you know, as you get older, the milestone birthdays are, you know, few and far between because when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I turned 10. I turn 13, so I'm a teenager now. I turn 16, I can drive. I turn 18, I'm an adult. I turn 21, I can buy alcohol. 
and then you hit 30, you hit 40. Man, I, I still put 35. I put the fives as as a milestone as well. And thank you uh, to my mother and to Carlos on saying congratulations for seven years. I've I've loved I've loved doing this. I love doing this show. I love doing Nerd Cave Retro. I love you know interacting with you guys every week, and can't wait to to keep doing it more. But uh, in closing, I just want to say that if you guys want to follow the show on social media, you're obviously watching this on Facebook Live, but I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. If you want to subscribe to the show, I'm on all almost uh, podcast services that you can get for free, like Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, now on Amazon Music. So that's really cool. So if you're an Amazon Music subscriber, you can find the podcast there. The shows are also on YouTube. If you prefer watching the video versions, they're also dropped uh, here directly on Facebook as well. So you can check that out there. I'm also on Patreon at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. Also added some uh, new perks to the Patreon. Uh, If you want to vote on the monthly top five discussions, you have the opportunity to do that for just as little as $3 a month. So if you want to head over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast to do that, some new perks are added as well. Uh, this includes you know, access to bonus episodes. Um, if you subscribe to the $5 level, you get um, a digital copy of uh, the Parker Syndrome as well as another script that I'm writing uh, that I hope to shoot uh, later on this year, maybe around... Uh, late summer, early fall, because I know things are going to get crazy with baseball starting in May. And I, I'll say this, and I, I hope to not do this, but I'll just let you, the audience, know there is a possibility that I'll have to either do live shows like this or potentially go in the vault and re-release uh, some old episodes that you know haven't been heard in quite a long time. Because I still look at this show as two different eras like there's the the film era from 2019 to now and then there's 2014 to 2018 where the show is more of a variety show but I did some really good film related topics there as well that I know the newer audience haven't really heard so uh, that could happen in May because things will will be a little hectic but you know I'm I'll work as best I can to give you guys new episodes every single week and uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I can say about that. But uh, of course, thank you to the Unicorn Wranglers who actually have a new single, I believe, that is dropping on April 2nd called For a Good Time Call. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for the Unicorn Wranglers. And you can check out all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's special live Ask Derek Anything edition of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for those who watched on Facebook Live. Thank you to those who listened and watched on the download. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday.